My name is Joe Sushery. I'm the host of Garage Logic. It's come to our delightful attention that many of you have discovered us on Podcast One, and many of you have questions how this came about. We're here to tell you about Garage Logic, the backstory. Early in the history of my radio show, I interviewed political candidates for various offices in garages offered by listeners for a remote broadcast. They would send us in postcards, say, do a show at our place. Because of my long history with garages, I'm a boat and car guy, and a growing realization that the garage is the perfect place to sort through the nuts and bolts of life, not to mention sweat a politician, the radio show became known as Garage Logic. In addition to my other duties in the town we call Garage Logic, I am also the mayor. Now, why the garage? Well, think of it as a metaphor for individualism over collectivism. The American garage dates back to the manger the stable, the carriage house, and it has now captured the attention of even the magazines that smell pleasantly of perfumed inserts. Coffee table garage books are in abundance. Bookstores have a selection for garage building do-it-yourselfers. The New York Times probably offers a half dozen features a year on garages, wondering about them. Curiously, it seems, it was only a matter of time. Developers, architects, and contractors have effectively exhausted their inventiveness when it comes to the great room and the kitchen and have turned their attention to a new blank canvas, the once lowly garage. According to Census Bureau data, 20% of the homes in the U.S. have three-car garages. Floors are either epoxy-coated or polished. The walls are insulated and sheetrocked. Flat-screen TVs and surround sound replace the old paint-splattered transistor radio. Refrigerators are expected. Climate controls, ceiling fans, lofts, custom cabinetry, and hydraulic lifts are as common as bench grinders and socket sets. We are expected as well to know how to organize the garage. Has there ever been a garage feature story that did not show the array of storage systems that suggest neurotic tidiness? And every ride, after every ride, the mountain bike is hung upside down above a modular shelving unit that holds the water toys and the garden equipment. All hoses recoil, all ladders collapse, all rakes and ergonomically correct shovel handles disappear into themselves. The same articles paradoxically show a reproduction skelly oil clock hanging on the wall. The style letters tend to forget. The style setters tend to forget that gas stations of any brand were as grimy as tar pits. But in featuring the garage as the latest example of cashed-in 401ks or as a pit stop on the interior decorator's charity home tour for the children's hospital, the trend hustlers are missing an essential point or choosing to ignore it because it is impolitic. In the age of the so-called carbon footprint, we aren't even supposed to have a garage, much less actually enjoy it, but of course it's in our blood. More politics cannot erase that. Maybe even Al Gore enjoys his garage, as his ancestors have done throughout the ages. Old Al Gorg's hieroglyphics scratched into the walls of the cave were early visions of snap-on tool calendars. And from the mouth of the cave, old Gorg watched what was his, stood ready to protect it, saw the coming storm and steeled himself for what was out there in the night. Violent summer storms, deep snows, drenching rains. The cave allegory is tempting, but the garage connection goes deeper. To nail it down disturbs the political and cultural reality of our time, the yearning for community, or more curiously, the yearning for us to be a collective. Sometimes it just feels as though we are being rounded up and shoehorned into a country that we don't even recognize. That isn't who we are. Our resistance is natural. The garage speaks to a need certainly as primal as the need for shelter. 
It speaks to our instinctive desire for sole proprietorship, for decision-making without committee, for problem-solving, for logic and order that has nothing to do with the latest Acme Accutech coated wire storage bin and the not very subliminal message that a bicycle should be hanging above it. This need for self-sufficiency is as true for any gardener who turns a one-stall city garage into her potting shed as it is for movie stars who park their Ferraris on marble garage floors perched above the Pacific in Malibu. The garage is where our individuality cannot be denied or legislated, where the games we play and the relationships we maintain are of our own invention and have their own rules. I went on the air in April of 1993. By the autumn of the year, Garage Logic was created. I heard the word community, and some, something happened in the way my synapses fired. The institutions of influence here in Minnesota, the media, education, and especially politics, were considerably ahead of the national curve on all of the popular crusades. The anti-smoking movement, the admonishment to wear helmets, the disdain for the internal combustion engine, the drive for gun control, for sustainable urban density, for public transportation, for women and children first, for animal rights and organic food. I knew community to mean the old neighborhood in your town, a place with a library and a hardware store and a lumberyard and a gas station and schools and a public square and a bank and churches. But I was hearing the word community all the time in a new way, the anti-smoking community the bicycling community, the healthcare community, the activist community, the global warming community. The activist community? What did they have, their own neighborhood? As for the global warming crowd, there is always that one question that halts them in their tracks. What's the temperature supposed to be? They don't mean community. They mean any group of people who identify with each other for purposes of staining their victim status, sustaining their victim status. They mean the politics of identity. They mean to be reckoned with as a protected class. I knew most listeners enjoyed their lives and were not confined to the dynamics of a particular special interest advocacy. For every newspaper article that preached the sanctity of the forest floor, I knew from seeing it with my own eyes that thousands and thousands of people were at Home Depot buying lumber. For every politician who dreamed up a new tax, there were thousands and thousands of us who believed that we were taxed enough and preferred instead accountability. It gnawed at me that the outside world often felt like a parallel universe. That would be the world outside the studio. Or it felt like I was living in the United States, but that all around me, a different kind of United States was struggling to become invented. What was wrong with the United States we had? Listeners began sending in items plucked from their children's school backpacks, strange letters and documents of telling significance, boys not allowed to run on playgrounds, prohibition against the words Christmas and Halloween, celebrations of the earth as a mother. Most of the people listening to the radio aren't driving to the nearest global warming seminar. They're on their way back from the hardware store or the soccer game, wondering why, if the kid in the back seat knew perfectly well what the score was, the adults in charge of the game didn't post it. And at home, they are listening in the garage, likely as not, with the door open to the alley. The fridge is full of beer. If a neighbor drops by, the neighbor knows the rules. The garage beer is as good as his own. He just can't dismiss the brand. What would it be like to live in a place where the garage symbolized life? Fantastic, overdue, familiar in a dreamy way. Our own town, Garage Logic, a made-up place, made up on the fly at first, but a place at once familiar to listeners who dug the vibe from the get-go. 
Common sense, fun, workbenches, big V8s that rumbled and thundered. All the metaphors for a life well-lived outside the hectoring call for collectivism and community. A mythical town with sounds, characters, and landmarks. None none more familiar, of course, than the Cass Gilbert-inspired Institute for Cylinder Appreciation at the University of Garage Logic. Where is it? Listeners, hungry for such a place, were inventing the geography as fast as I was. To get there, you need to find Spoon Lake and head for the West Shore. If you reach Indoctrination Lake, you've gone too far astray of the Great Cylinder Divide, the topographical anomaly where cylinder appreciation flows right or left. Double back across the spark plug gap, drop down to Reform Lawyers Road, and go into Garage Logic on the Common Sense Service Road of Life. Who lives there? Garage logicians live there, of all races, creeds, and sexual orientations. In Garage Logic, diversity is a fact, not an inherent value. Why do we live there? Because we cherish the United States and do not believe it an unfair or unkind place, and we intend to confront those among us who are attempting to bring about the mystery of a different country, one that is supposedly fairer, less competitive, more collective, and ultimately meek. We treasure all the things that the surrounding towns have become frightened of. Right and wrong, keeping score, gasoline, cigars, the climate, responsibility, fireworks, individuality. Garage logicians do not believe the sky is falling and do believe that those who so constantly warn of such calamity have given themselves over to the misguided attempt to invent another kind of America. With the exception of the absent military, we go to the polling place on Election Day, bad weather making it all the more festive. We work. We worship. Our bankers regard us soberly before making loans, and we always pay the money back. We raise our children. Our students and teams compete. Just as certainly as the mystery brews, there is a resistance movement. Us. The garage is our headquarters. One Saturday, there was a knock at the radio station's back door. A guy named Greg Holcomb introduced himself, said he was a night watchman who was a fan of Garage Logic, and he had drawn a map in his spare time when the night watching was quiet. I asked him about it. A map of Garage Logic? That's what he said. Holcomb said, I have a map of Garage Logic. We spread the map out on the workbench used by the station's engineers. I didn't know what to say. It was magnificent, eerily so. Holcomb had distilled what he heard on the radio into the drawing of an actual town. He would follow that one up with a map of Gumption County, of which Garage Logic is the seat. There we were on paper, Garage Logic, on the west shore of Spoon Lake, where there is a whopper of a Fourth of July fireworks show every year on the beach, presided over by yours truly, and where on Christmas the Garage Logic Wives Choir sings Christmas carols in the gazebo in the park, and people say the word Christmas with the kind of cheerful confidence you don't hear much anymore in the surrounding towns of Euphoria, Diversityville, and Liberal Lakes. I only mention those two occasions because they are examples of when we get together as a town. I would say community, but we have a genuine Lake Superior foghorn on top of the old Tin Man water tower next to the common surface savings and loan, and it sounds the alarm when it detects words like community. The foghorn used to be out in the countryside, but one of the first things I did as mayor was move it downtown. Garage logicians see each other all the time, if that puts minds at ease. We get together now and then, here and there, and people know everybody in town. Well, mostly everybody. Besides, somebody's garage door is usually open even in the winter, and that's where you find knots of the locals smoking cigars, drinking beer, figuring out the nuts and bolts of life. 
We get together formally only on special occasions, Christmas and the 4th of July, last drop days in the garage door opener, big snowfalls. They hold us in suspicion in the surrounding towns. Those places tend to be a bit more on the needy side. It's no secret that they like to write legislation and form councils and hold meetings in the schools. In fact, it was in the Daily Logician the other day that a group of mothers in euphoria started a new club, Mothers Without Confidence, or some such nonsense, because they shared a belief that the birthday parties they were throwing for their kids had gotten out of hand and too pricey. The article said they were seeking a counselor to work with them in order to help them control such extravagance. That made for quite the chatter at the Knack Hardware and Lounge. I had to go in just to see what was up. Come on in with me. You can meet some of the locals and hear some of the stories that don't get quite all the way fleshed out on the radio. Stories about cylinders and snow-blowing, death-defying laser beam looks, last drop days in that Harley-Davidson, the Mr. Unbelievable ride, see it there, pouked out front? It used to be mine. And that, podcast wonders, is the Garage Logic backstory. But I can't wait to tell you more, including the story of my first ever garage and a couple of definitions, including the definition of garage logic. And I'll also tell you about the garage door opener that we celebrate every year. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com.